Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stern Chats. I'm Melanie Gonzalez. And I'm Maham Jamal. Maham and I are really excited to sit down today with a fellow Sterney in the community, Megan Fairchild. Megan is not only a current Langone student, but also a principal dancer with the prestigious New York City Ballet. That's right. During her senior year of high school, she joined the New York City Ballet Company. Megan was promoted to principal dancer, the highest rank, at the very young age of 20. She also made her Broadway stage debut in 2014 in the revival of On the Town, where her performance won her a Theatre World Award and a Stair Award. Megan continues to balance her career with the New York City Ballet alongside being a mother and part-time MBA student here at NYU Stern. So with that, let's kick things off. From New York University Stern campus, this is Stern Chats, the podcast that tells the hidden stories between the lines of someone's resume. In the interest of serving the Stern community, building relationships, and unlocking important life lessons, we present these stories to a wider audience. So Megan, take us back to the early days of growing up. Was dance always a passion for you? Um, Was this something that you knew you were going to get into? Or was this childhood ballet carried through to your adult life? It it definitely was just childhood ballet at first because I started at four and a half. And it was the thing I did after school. And it just kind of always, I always was enjoying it. And so we always took it to the next level. It's kind of like the easiest way to describe it. But um, quickly when you're like between like ages 12 and 15 as a serious ballet dancer, you have to make some decisions. And it's kind of, you know, at 12, everyone's going on point at that time. And that's a special kind of thing to do. And that kind of makes or breaks you. If, if you if you don't enjoy being on point, then then it's kind of over. But I loved it. It was like my point shoes were just part of me. It's like I always had them on. I loved I loved adding that aspect. And so uh, becoming more advanced was uh, is when I really started to get more disciplined and um, taking. I would be taking at, from age twelve and on. I was taking two ballet classes after school every day. Um, and then maybe one on Saturday. And I loved it. I My mom has always told me I never didn't want to go to ballet. So um, uh, yeah, it started super, super innocent. And then, you know, it suddenly became like, this is what I have to do. This is what I want to do. And I didn't have, I never set any concrete goals. I was just trying to always get to the next step. What I always find so beautiful about that and just, you know, being able to carry things through childhood is that you never lose your sense of play or creativity with Mm -hmm. that interest that you have. It's something that you just sort of continue to keep being excited about and and maintain that part of your of your through line throughout your life. Yeah, it does. It does take on a serious element eventually, though. I mean, it's competitive to be a, a boy or a man in ballet. It's like they're begging for you to come. But, you know every little girl wants to be a dancer and so many try and to get to the point where you actually end up um, even just at the school of my company is like a really huge deal. They're coming in and auditioning um, in like maybe they do 10 to 15 cities around the U.S. each January and they do an audition tour and the teachers go in and just audition 200 kids in each city. And so from there, you know, you go to the summer program and then from the summer program out of all of the kids there, and there's like seven levels, then you get asked to maybe stay the year. And then out of being in the year round program, I moved to New York when I was um, 16 to study full time from that was my junior year of high school. Um, From that, you get picked for the company. So, Mm. 
you know, you're slowly, it's like this big funnel uh, and a lot of really talented people that you're kind of put up against. So it's competitive and you also always have this feeling if you ever, it gets to this place where if you ever want to stop, you know that there's someone right behind you that would just jump at the chance to take your place. So that kind of keeps you going in this weird way. Like the, the competition is very intense for young female ballet dancers. And what was that transition like um, from Utah to New York City and into the School of American Ballet? It was crazy because I'm not Mormon, but I come from a place where everyone in my high school is Mormon. I was like one of the few non-Mormons. I always kind of felt left out because of that. I mean, I really was always feeling left out. And so when I came to New York and was surrounded by a dormitory of people who love dance as much as me, it was like... 24 seven out of a sleepover. Like we were just constantly having fun. And I mean, to be around people that took what I loved so seriously, like I did, that was just incredible. And I knew when I went to my first summer program at the beginning, I, I heard people wanted to stay for the year round. And I called my mom and I'm like, isn't that crazy? People would move away from home. And we thought that was just wild. And then by the end of the summer, I was like, this is what I have to do. This is my place. These are my people. And so my mom made me go home for one year and do my sophomore year at home, get good grades, think about it, maximize all my opportunities at home. And then I came to New York. So, um, it wasn't a, just last minute decision. It was very well thought out by my parents. They were very worried that I, you know, would keep the same standard of schooling and all of that. So, um, but I absolutely loved it. I, I loved it so much that I was really not good with time management and my homework because, you know, you're in a dorm at 16 and you're with your friends at night and you're supposed to try to do your homework. Like, no. It was like boarding school, maybe. Yeah. It was, what, yeah. but you loved every, you have to have this shared interest, which is like such a bond. And, and everyone's like-minded. So it was just too much fun. By the time the first um, break came up to go home for Thanksgiving, it was like the week before. And I was just, I couldn't stop crying because I was so tired. And the people that were the head of the dorm, they sent me home a week early for Thanksgiving just because I was so fatigued from having so much fun. <laughs> just touching back on what you said a little earlier, and I'm interested to know if the competitive aspects of of dance and the culture ever took away for you from the experience um, and the creativity and the friendships even? Mm, that's just always something you juggle in ballet. I'm even, you know, in a company now, all my best friends are my biggest competition. It's a weird, weird thing, but like, we're just all used to it. And it's a, I've, I've actually found my closest friends are people that I don't actually share repertory with because it is a little too difficult when you're the exact type of same type of dancer and you're going up against roles and something good for you means you've taken something away from your friend that's hard and um but but growing up I I think I thrived on the competitive aspect of it and I think that's what drove me mm -hmm. um uh I I rise to the occasion I really kind of like that it's a big motivator for me I mean dance isn't super easy and so to make all of, you know, contort your body in a way and make all of these shapes and try to make it look effortless, like sometimes you need that motivation of competition of people breathing down your neck to like be like, no, I got this. I can do this, you know, because it's super hard. And it's not just like comfortable, like we're all just doing lots of yoga. <laughs> like it's it's very, you know, shaped every time you put your foot out, it's shaped in a specific angle and everything is it's very um 
con- there's constant uh, work towards perfection. Hmm. And speaking of competition, you started off as an apprentice, and in two years, at the age of 20, you were a principal dancer at New York City Ballet. So that must have been immense competition. I would love to hear a little bit more about how you made that transition extremely fast. <laughs> it was terrifying. At first, you know, you're just you're just wanting you start an apprentice year. I started at 17. I was still a senior in high school and juggling school. And you're just trying to get into the company. You're just trying to fit in. They're making sure you fit in with the rest of the dancers. So that year, you're just trying to get by. And also, it's very weird to go from a school setting into a professional company. It's suddenly there's no dress code and people are like talking during class and like you have a hard time navigating when to be serious and and when to put the work in because it is still very serious. It's just you can't figure out how. <laughs> and then um, I just started, I, I wasn't in, at first I wasn't in a lot of things because I'm, I'm pretty short for this company. I'm five, three and a half, five, four on a good Pilates day. And um, <laughs> I love that. So at first I wasn't, <laughs> at first I wasn't in all of the ballets that all my friends were in because I was too short. And, and I think that's kind of something that set me apart. And then something that, and so I started doing some things and then something that really catapulted me and they went well, you know, like they, it's sink or swim in my company, especially at that time with that director. It was like, he loved to try people out when they were young and he would just put you out there. I mean, you learned something with a week and a half ago, you started learning it and then you put it out there in front of 2,600 people. It's the first time you've ever done it. And you don't even know if you can do get to the end of the ballet without like, you know, losing all of your oxygen. Like I remember before one of the first big things I did, I, I was still in the core, core de ballet, and I did the dress rehearsal in the afternoon. And then I went to have a meal um, with a friend and I was like, I could barely get through that. I mean, I, I was supposed to like, I had a tambourine. I was supposed to do turns and clap my tambourine in between each turn. And you do it like, I don't know, 16 times at the very end of this hard ballet. And I couldn't even get my arms out to then clap them back in again. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then after that show, of course, I was, it was all this adrenaline and all of this built up tension. I just cried for half an hour straight after the show. So that's kind of how those first years went. But I danced, I did good enough that they just kept pushing me. And then a, a really short guy, well, I shouldn't say really short, but a shorter man, <laughs> joined, joined the company, very, very talented, and he needed a shorter partner. So that was kind of my leverage. And um, they threw us together for Nutcracker when I was 19, and I was a soloist at the time. And um, it was terrifying, and I cried after that show, and I didn't do well, and I fell out of many of the big important steps and we had worked on it for six weeks straight an hour every day we'd rehearsed every difficult step over and over again and and it just didn't come into play yet and it took years before I became consistent and that that's the biggest fear you have when you start out you're not yet consistent but you're still vulnerable in front of all of these people and people that are critical especially if you're promoted quickly they're super critical because they're like, well, why didn't they promote this girl? She could have gotten that done, I bet. And people write on the blogs. And there's a lot of stress and pressure. And at that time, I didn't know to not read those things. So um, it just, I learned over those next couple years after being promoted to principal too young that um, 
I, I needed to gather all of the tools I could to be consistent. I needed to be able to walk into that theater and do any ballet you asked me at any time because I understood the technical aspect of each step. And so I really kind of threw myself into how do I have to prepare from the very beginning of the day my body so that I can always do a step exactly as I demand, you know, that night. So, you know, describing this world, it's hard not to imagine that it is immersive and intense, competitive, like you said, but all consuming, basically. And I'm wondering at what point um, did you think about going to undergrad and what was your academic life like at this time? School was always super important to my family. And we would kind of bump around to whatever location of school needed to be. I mean, I think my mom always drove me 20 minutes to school because it was the better school, you know, and I had honors classes. So that was kind of the way I grew up. Like school is, school is first and foremost. And I also, I just always loved school. That's the other thing. Like they did it for my brother too, but he doesn't love it that much. (laughs) And then, um, uh, when I got into the company, I tried my first right away after graduating from my high school in New York, I tried right away to start at Fordham University with a a first class while juggling being a core member. And I was very, very stressed out. So I did one class and then I didn't do anything. And then two years later, I was like, okay, maybe I have a little more time in my schedule now that I'm a, well, by that time I was already a principal and I didn't have much repertoire yet. I didn't have many things to dance because I wasn't super senior. So um, I had a lot more time in my schedule. So I tried another class and then it was stressing me out a little bit. So I stopped for another two years. And then I, I, you know, at 22, I was a little more like comfortable with what was expected of me at work. I knew what I could handle. And I tried another class and I loved it. I just loved, it was just, it was like a religious, it was a theology class at Fordham, like a required theology class. And it was just group discussions about things that I thought were super interesting, especially coming from a, a hometown where everybody is one religion, <laughs> one very specific religion. So mm-hmm. I, the discussions in that class were so engaging and I had such a great time. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm into this. This is adding to my life. And my mom always pushed me to try to do classes because it became a strategy for me to not be too stressed out about casting. So in the ballet world, like in a company, at least in my company, every new week during a performance season, there's casting for two weeks following. And so each week is like Tuesday in the afternoon. It's like the first day of the week for us. You, you're you seeing your report card and how much they want to use you. And, and you're getting to see how much, you know, we all want to dance. We all just want to perform. That's what we want to do. So you're getting to see like what you get to do. And, and it can be exciting. It can be scary because you have too much. And it can also be really depressing because you wished you had more. So the strategy was if I always take a school class and I don't have great casting, then I don't have to buy into it too much or stress about it. And so I never got super down because I always had something else going on. And then if I happened to be busy at work, I just juggled it. And, and I thrived on the juggling. So would you say that because you knew that ballet was your primary life, so to speak, coming back to school and just not were, were you aware of the fact that you weren't necessarily a part of this cohort of people who were doing their undergrad experience from 18 to 22? Are you kidding me? Towards the end, I was like, I was like, in my 30s, 
owning a house and I was with like 19 year olds in classes. Like I took 15 years for my undergrad to complete. Like by the time I finished, I was like totally embarrassed by that fact when I realized because that's longer than you're in regular kindergarten through high school. Mm -hmm. Like I was, you know, that's like what, 12, 13 years. I did 15 years for my undergrad and I stopped and I started and I stopped and I started and at most, I was only taking, like, two classes a semester. Sometimes I would take two online in the summer. But we travel and tour every summer, so that makes it hard to do classes. So, um, yeah, it took forever. I just took my time with it. Because yeah, also, it was like, what's the rush, right? I am doing what I love to a great degree. So there, there was no rush. I'm curious what you majored in. Oh, I majored in math and economics. Oh, which okay. Is also random. Um, but I love that. I took kind of the same mentality I had with ballet. Like no one was telling me you should be a ballet dancer. I enjoyed it. And that's why I chose to do it every day after school. And so that's kind of why I chose my major. I first chose just math completely, you know, nothing else super applicable. And, um, uh, and then the idea was, you know, I don't know where this is going. But I know I like it, and I know that that served me well in the past. So that that was kind of how I did it. And um, and then I took this one really, I don't know if it was the professor, or I was just, like, busy at work, but we were, I was juggling. We were doing live performances, live on PBS one night, and then the other night was live in movie theaters. And I was a sugar plum fairy for Nutcracker over these two days. And I had this major math final on Monday night before these two performances. So everything was like leading up to these. And I was just so stressed out and I I had done really poorly on my midterm. So I had to like ace the final uh, just to have the grade I wanted, not just to get past the class, but you know, to be happy with myself. And I remember being so distraught and calling my mom and crying. I mean, that was a really hard time. <laughs> that, that one math class killed me. It was discrete mathematics. I loved all my other math classes, but for some reason that one was just, I struggled with. And after that, I changed my major to math econ. Um, I'm very visual. I like the pictures in economics and <laughs> it, it went well with my other degree. And that's kind of how I led I, I found business school just because it's it lends itself well to to the same kind of study. You know, I think this is just a natural time to ask about business school and you know why why did that seem like the right next step to you? Why Stern? And how did you go about making that decision for yourself? I interviewed every you know, successful person in my industry that was kind of on the administrative or even artistic side, but you know, on the artistic side, you know, like my, my, my actual boss at the time, he never went to college. No one in ballet is studying. They're just dancing. And then they get an artistic directorship because of their name as a dancer. Um, so I know that that's not, you know, if that's what I want to do, but I also wanted to do something to set myself apart. I also am super curious to do something different besides ballet. And when I did a Broadway show, I had that taste of doing something different. And I realized I thrive really well doing something every day that scares me. And I had been so comfortable in this company for so many years. I mean, now I've been in the company for oof, um, 18, 19, year, 19 years. So, you know, it, it, you need to freshen it up. I can't imagine myself spending 20 more years in the same company. I, I want to try something new. I'm going to use my head. And I always felt that way. I knew I, I knew I was, 
you know, intelligent enough, you know, I don't want to say smart, but like, I, I knew that I really liked school and I knew that someday I wanted to use that side of myself, not just be athletic and physical and artistic, but I wanted to, I literally craved to sit at a desk and do like a desk job and like have a little business, business suit. Like I just, I, I really, I was like, I can do that. I would love it. And I just craved that. I was so, so yeah, that's kind of how I, I thought about it. And I interviewed, you know, the executive director of the school of my company and she was very inspiring. She was like, she was a lawyer and then she did something else. And then she ended up the executive director of the school of American ballet. And, you know, so she had three different iterations of herself and she was like, if you retire at 40, which is when most dancers need to really start thinking about retiring, um, but some people have gone on to like 47, um, she was like, you'll still have 25 years of your work life left. You can completely recreate yourself. You don't have to feel like you're late, but that is the feeling. And this, it's always been bearing down on me during my career. And that is why I really started pursuing schools more seriously was because I'm like, what am I going to do someday? And I, I don't want to just be a ballet teacher. I, I have more in me than that. And I want to be challenged and learn new things. I don't want to just spit out the information that I've already learned over the past 20 years. I don't want to do it all over again with someone else. I have that to fall back on, but I, I want to um, discover new parts of myself. And um, my husband now just kind of knew, he was like, you would really like business school. He had like prepped for the GMAT before, but never went through with it because he didn't need it. And, and I, you know, having no idea about this world at all as a dancer, he kind of helped me understand. And then the last thing I really did was um, reached out to some board members in my company. And um, basically they were like, if you go get a MBA at Columbia or Stern, you know, we can help you get a second job. That's great. And so that was, you know, that's my fallback plan. I, I have, I'll probably very much need the help of my board to be situated in my next job, but they're the, they're my best network because they know my skill set isn't just, Oh, you're a ballet dancer. I mean, that, that can sound impressive to some people. And then, you know, I'm aware that it can sound totally like, what are you doing here? What are you doing in business school? I'm su super kind of self-conscious about that, that like my only experience is in a dance studio or on a stage. And while that's cool, like what skills do I truly have? You know, like I don't have the experience that all the other Langone students are coming in with. And I, I find that intimidating, but I, I'm still doing it and I'm pushing myself. So I, I have my board is in my back pocket to help me. And they're really talented. They're some of the most successful people in Manhattan um, that are on the board of New York City Ballet. So I, I'm going to hold on tightly to them. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think just even listening to you, um, what's so inspiring and striking is that you're doing all of these different careers at such a high level. And it's not, you know, you take it very seriously. And it's something that I think, um, you know, just listening to you, you can tell that you're, you're expanding yourself in all these different directions, which is, you know, wonderful to see. And so I'm sure that there was so much you took away from ballet that you may not even realize, but to someone who doesn't come from that world or doesn't come from that level of excellence, um, you know, it's it's very clear. And uh, I, I wonder about that actually for you, was there a point where, you, you know, maybe even in a um, small interaction or group project or um, or even in an interview where you're, you know, you're, you just feel like you've you've kind of been through this or you have something from your ballet experience that, that allows you to get through it? Um, I think it's a discipline mostly. We, 
and and the you know the effort towards perfection um is just something i'm used to and and the criticism too i'm used to um not that there's much criticism in school but like i'm i'm okay to get something wrong and work on it and fix it that's like in ballet you're never it i quickly learned from the beginning it's never enough you can have a great show and the next day you start back over, you go in the studio and you work on that, maybe that same ballet again for another night. And there you have to go into the studio with your ballet masters in this really humble way. Not like you're all this ego of what you just did from the night before. Like you go and work on it again and there's still more to do. And I found that really humbling right from the beginning. I'm like, at first I was like, but wait, I just, I just performed in front of all these people. Like it doesn't mean anything, you know, you could still be better. And so that mentality is, is kind of what I know is helping me and also I'm trying to embrace the fact that I just I have a different perspective so the courses where there's a lot of discussion about you know your work situation or for sure LIO was like a really interesting class to be a part of and it was my very first one like I had really an interesting perspective to bring but then when it comes to like group things and like we all got separated by industry like the teacher didn't know where to put me so he put me with a girl who worked in the makeup industry <laughs> <laughs> Not similar like, at all. I don't fit in it. I don't fit in anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring something back that you talked about earlier, your experience on On the Town and how you said it was so different from your normal life uh, with New York City Ballet. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you became involved in the show? Through a Facebook message from the casting directors, uh, we're auditioning for a Broadway show and we, we want well, we're wondering if you were interested and I knew some other people in my company were auditioning, but I was like, not thinking that was something I would ever do. Usually I'm a very conservative type of person in terms of like, I'm not going to go sing for someone. Like I'm not that like outgoing and I'm not a singer. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm not a, a real singer. I'm, but thank you for thinking of me. And they were like, no, no, this is, you don't have to be a, you know, principal singer. You can, it's, you're in a singing lesson in the show. So it's okay if you're not a great singer, it works perfectly. And we want you because you're a dancer. So I woke up the next day and I was like, what am I doing? You know, I've been a principal already at that point for 10 years doing all this hard repertoire, but I've been doing it over and over again. I wasn't being used in much new choreography. So I was like, maybe this is my opportunity. I didn't think it would come this way, but I'm just going to do the audition as an exercise in being out of my comfort zone without any thought about the end result. And then literally two days later, I did the audition and got the part. And the the director was like, we'd like to offer you the role, which is like how they say it on Broadway because they have to negotiate a contract. And um, I was like, got the role. Like, but I didn't even understand the language. He had to be like, this is going to be your Broadway debut. And I was like, wait. I haven't even talked to my boss yet. Like I just did this on my day off. To, I was like freaking out. So um, yeah, my boss gave me his blessing. He saw that I was excited about it. And you know, it's kind of um, looked down upon to go to Broadway before this time, before, before I did it. It was kind of like, a, oh, you'll probably lose all your technique and not be super competitive anymore. And, um, and, but I, I was willing to take the risk and I also knew because I have the value of being a short female in my company that there's a lot of talented short men that they would always need me back. 
So that was kind of why I felt safe. And, and I went and I did it for an entire year. And it was like the first month of rehearsal in front of all these Broadway actors was just incredibly humiliating every day. But I, I did it with a positive vibe. Like I wasn't like beating myself down. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to humiliate myself in front of all of these people. I'm going to sing in front of professional singers. Like, okay, here we go. And I was just, I didn't even know it was going to come out of me. And I just went for it and had like the time of my life that year. Um, it was it was the best thing I've ever done. And when I came back, I know that I danced better. I mean, a lot of people told me, but I could feel it too. I, I think I would had done all of those last 10 years being promoted too soon, super, super nervous to ever do anything wrong. And so I tried to control everything. And then I came back after Broadway where I did the same show like 365 times. And I'm like, it's all about the entertainment. Just perform and have fun. And I kind of like loosened up and, and just... Also, I missed doing ballet, and so having that um, little break, I think, was really great for me, and I, I came back even better, so it was, like, the best thing I ever did. It actually got me out of a bad relationship and into a better one. Like, <laughs> it was, like, meant to be. I look at it as this turning point in my life. Do you think you would go back for another show on Broadway? I just did a reading with my brother. A reading is, like, the very beginnings of of a show um for city center encores I, I don't know if you guys know it's like it's a theater in i don't know upper midtown i would say by carnegie hall it's by carnegie hall and they do uh like two week runs of like old-fashioned musicals that sometimes end up on broadway it's kind of a place where they try things out and the head of city center he wrote a musical for me and my brother because my brother he's also a dancer, very talented, and, and he's transitioned to the Broadway world. And he, he is a good singer. I'm not necessarily, but he is a good singer. So he wrote this musical for my brother and I um, where it's about Fred and Adele Astaire because Fred had a sister that he danced and sang with on vaudeville before he did all of his movies. So it's kind of about that story. So we just did a reading, and I had to sing again, like 15 songs. I was a part of 15 songs in front of all of these Broadway people that had won Tonys and we were doing it over Zoom during the pandemic. And I was just like, that was humiliating. I think it's more humiliating to do it on Zoom. <laughs> so I don't know what that will turn into, but I, I wouldn't say no to short projects, but I would say no to a long-term thing. Like a whole year of eight shows a week and never having an evening to yourself except for your one day off where you can't even get off the, off the couch. That's, that's hard. I, I don't know if I have it in me, especially as a mom now. And I, I have to ask about that, Megan. So how do you how do you become a mom in between juggling all of these other <laughs> passions and pursuits at such a high level? When, you know, was that, I mean, how did you balance that? It was something that I, I couldn't live without. I was starting to see people around me with their kids and it made me so angry that I didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the competitor in me came out and I was like, I couldn't even hang out with, you know, friends that had kids or, um, I changed my whole Instagram. Anybody that had a kid, I stopped following them. Like, I just really was, like, on a mission, I guess. And um, and as a dancer, you know, you have to sacrifice a year of your career. So I took a full year away. Um, I stopped at three months pregnant and came back about three months postpartum, but wasn't performing on stage because um, we weren't performing at that time. I didn't really get back on stage until five months after um, but I returned to the hardest thing I can do, which was kind of a good goal. Like, I'm like, well, if I can do this, I can do anything. And um, 
you know, at first taking a break like that's fun because I've never taken a break like that before. And I watched every episode of Downton Abbey like for the second time and <laughs> I was knitting up a storm great and that actually during that time, it's too bad. I didn't have school. I know I didn't have school at that point. I was in between having just taken my GMAT and applying to Stern was the whole kind of time I was pregnant. And then in the end of my pregnancy, I found out I got into Stern and I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to defer because I, I'm going to be having a baby. So I had to defer the first semester and I started in January, so uh, no, so it was a, it was kind of February. So I started at Stern when I had a, a three month old at home. So it was all a lot of new stuff. It was crazy, <laughs> but but exciting, you know. I guess I thrive on the adrenaline of something, of the change and this and the you know not knowing if you're capable of something and and pushing yourself. As a woman who is doing you know, doing your professional career, you know, having a family and kind of just living your life at, again, um, you know, in such a uh, ambitious and, you know, in a way where you're holding yourself to the utmost standards. How, you know, w what could you share about um, the journey to, to, to getting there, but also in terms of sacrifices, the kinds of sacrifices you might have made on the, on the way and what would you advise, um, say, a young dancer or even just a young woman, you know, say she's 18, graduating from from high school and she's sort of embarking on her journey in the world? What, what's something that you would you would tell her about success? In terms of sacrifices, I just never saw any of the sacrifices I had to make to become a ballet dancer. I never saw them as sacrifices. Like, you know, I had to miss out on social things when I was in high school. But then I soon... But I wanted, I would rather be a ballet. I liked it that much. And something I always tell other moms of young kids, like, you can't want it for them. You know, they have to, my mom never, ever made me feel like I had to succeed in this because of all of the times she drove me to ballet and paying to get me to New York. Like, I never had that. She always told me, if you ever want to come home at any point, you know, we, we're, you can change your mind about what you want to do. And I always had that as a safety net. So I was always making the choice about what I was doing, spending my time with, because I chose to, not because I felt that I owed anybody anything. And I think that's a, a really big thing. Um, and, and in terms of success, I kind of think of it as you can't, I don't like to dream too big. I like to take the little steps. So like in ballet, you wake up every day and you go take ballet class every morning. So it's not just like, I want to be doing this ballet and that ballet and performing it in front of all these people. It's like, no, I want to go in today and I want to perfect this step and this combination that we're working on. And it it's broken down into really small bits that that you work towards perfection. So I the idea to set out to be successful is kind of daunting and puts a lot of pressure on yourself. I mean, I should take this advice for my MBA <laughs> and what my second job might be. You know, it's just the day by day is you have to enjoy the day by day. Otherwise, you won't get to the end result, which is maybe what you want in the end. But you, you have to really love those small little goals. It's beautiful. Speaking of day by day, um, Everyone's life has shifted since, you know, coronavirus, but even more so for someone that dances professionally. So I would love to know how your day at, day by day has changed. I don't have a job is how it's changed. We've been, um, we stopped dancing. I was in um, Europe 
to, on a gig with other members of my company when the pandemic really went into effect in March, the, the shutdown. And um, we actually stopped part of our tour and we were supposed, we were in, we had just been in Tel Aviv then we, for a week, then we went to Budapest and we were supposed to go to Serbia and perform. And um, in the middle of the night, all of our, we got woken up by each other because someone was watching the news and saw that Trump was like demanding that Europe was gonna be, you know, shut down and he wouldn't let people back in. So we like cut the tour short, all bought tickets in the middle of the night. We were in the hallway in our pajamas. <laughs> like I thought I wasn't gonna be able to get back and see my daughter. It was like so stressful. And um, and ever since then, there's not been a single performance that I could be a part of. And uh, I've, I've been kind of easy with myself in terms of like, I'm not like, I've taken some months here and there where I wake up every day and I do our company Zoom class in my small little space in my apartment. Um, and you, we, we get a really good workout. It's like amazing. But, you know, I've been in France for the last two months because my husband's here for work and just because we tried to get out of New York while we could. But I expect this to be a long winter. So I've been here for a long time and I don't have all of the proper floor and everything to dance here. So I'm just being a regular person and not really worrying too much about it. It's going to be a very long time before I have to be back. And I also thrive on the training aspect of my job. Mm. So like when I came back from being on Broadway or having a baby, like I love the work to get back into the extreme shape. So um, I, I know that. what I need to do. Yeah, I know what I need to do to maintain enough to start out that training process again in a healthy way. Um, and, you know, when I go back to New York and I have my special Marley floor in my apartment, like we all got little patches of this floor that we can dance in on our point, on, in our point shoes. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll dance again and, and keep it going. But like until we have a definitive date, I'm not killing myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm spending a lot of time with my daughter. I mean, I have to say I've missed daycare a lot. I'm a really, I, I'm a to-do list person that wants to get up and get stuff done. And you don't get to do anything for yourself when you have a small child. Um, so I've had to slow down, which I know is, is probably good for me. Um, but I'm raring to go again. Like, I can't wait until this is all over. I'm, I, I have, you know, a couple years left of my career. Um, I, I just, I can't wait to, to get, go back to work in any way, shape or form. I just want to start the day and have somewhere to go. I, I really need to get out of the house and go somewhere. And um, I've done really well with daycare with my daughter. She loves it. She's super social. I pick her up. I'm happy for my day. Like, I love that. And so um, I found the pandemic super hard at first because of that. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of it as well. This is a year of my life where I'm not going to have to injure my body. You know, maybe some things can heal. Maybe I'll have a longer career because of it. Who knows? I'm, 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 I mean, let, I get, don't get me wrong. I, I've been incredibly depressed. Like there's been some days where I didn't even know why, but I couldn't get out of bed. I, I thought I had the coronavirus, but I think I was just depressed. Like it's been hard, but, um, you know, what can you do? And it, in a competitive field, we're all taken out of it at the same time. No one's like injured and you know, other people are achieving more and you're not mm -hmm. getting to get in and play the game. No, no one's playing the game. So that's kind of, you know, the that, that kind of fear is gone. You're not going to be missing out. No one's doing anything. So, so in that sense, I'm just kind of trying to, like, focus on my schooling. At least I have that. Again, it's like 
the balance in my life has always been super important. And there's other dances, dancers where they don't have school and I don't, I don't know what they're doing with themselves. Like, I'm so glad I have it to, to fall back on. So I want to ask, um, you know, in terms of, and the way you talk about your career and, and you sort of say that you might have a couple more years, you know, left dancing or, or you want to, you might continue it. Um, how do you in your mind frame this transition period in your life where you're getting your MBA and you kind of see, you know, the horizon of, of this career that you've been doing for so long. Um, I mean, how, how do you negotiate that with yourself? Are you, do you feel kind of ready to, to move on with life or do you, do you want to kind of continue dance in any way possible? In, in a way I know I'm ready because, um, in some parts, uh, compared to some friends in my company, I'm, I'm okay with not dancing every day. I have other friends where it's like they live and breathe every type of movement and just needing to create something. And I'm like, I'm okay. Like I'll watch the Netflix. Like I can do other things. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm like weirdly, I'm a dancer because I like the technical aspect and the artistic stuff and the presentation for the audience is all like an extra topping on the dessert, you know, icing on the cake. But, um, the reason I love it is because I like working on the technique and I like challenging the body athletically. So, um, I mean, I mean, but I do, I miss it. I find myself listening to classical music because I usually listen to it just cause that's what I'm dancing to all day long. And, and, you know, I, I do really love what I do, but I know that I can be done someday. I know that. And I, I've seen some dancers wait too long and then they are, possibly injured for their last show or, and I just don't want to have that stress. And I also, I'm eager to see what's next and try something new. So in my mind, I, I'm kind of pacing out my MBA so that I retire at the same time that I graduate so that I can take advantage of the momentum of an internship um, and not have to make a big decision. Like I don't want to have to make a big career change because I got a job opportunity too soon or something. Like I want to be ready to fully focus. Is there something that's interesting you now that, you know, it, in the MBA that you're thinking, maybe I could do that. You know, that seems interesting. I'm a really loving, like, I love my operations management class. I'm in a decision models and analytics class right now that I absolutely love. And I, I don't know if it's like similar to ballet in my mind. Cause like to create a model, you have to be, creative and kind of choreograph a solution and but then you know there's there's usually I mean there can be many right answers but there's usually you know there's wrong and right you know and I like that about ballet that you can be wrong or right in a step um the way that the form is shaped and like you could you know be doing something funky with your body and it's not correct like I like the discipline of looking for that right answer and the, you know, finding and the way that you find the approach that you find to get there. So I'm loving that. I've also entertained the idea of going into finance somehow. I'm, I want to find something where I can transition easily without much experience behind me. And so anything where other people and so finance kind of seems in my mind, the, the most where everybody's changing, right? Um, but I, it's just because that's the only thing on my radar. I'm, I'm still looking. Mm. And what advice would you give for dancers that maybe stop dancing because of an injury, maybe just want to stop dancing and do a total career pivot? 
Well, I would give advice to them 10 years before and say, never stop going to school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, it's all about any age, not putting all your eggs in one basket and Mm. keeping all of your options open. And that's why I'm getting an MBA. I could decide, I could get a great job offer in my industry possibly and decide that I want to stay there. Who knows? But I feel like by getting an MBA, I'm keeping every single option open and I'll be able to take the best choice for me. And I won't feel like I'm stuck with one job offer because I didn't, you know, try to maximize everything. Um, I also really love school. I mean, I know I'm going to use my MBA, but I just, I, I love school. I love I'm loving being at Stern. I hopefully I'll be good at transitioning out of school someday because I'm like, maybe I'm <laughs> forever just going to be in school and that's what I like. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you'll get a PhD as well. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being here with us. Maham and I really appreciated talking yeah. to you. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks, much, Megan. guys. Really I hope to see you around someday. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> thank you again. Take care. Bye.